It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, October 5th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Voter turnout in Sitka was pretty typical for a municipal election this year, with around 1,600 residents casting ballots. While absentee votes may flip-flop second and third place for a couple of races, it won't change the overall outcome in Sitka. But that wasn't the case in all of Southeast. From a busy election season in Petersburg to a relatively quiet one in Wrangell and an inconclusive election on the margins in Skagway, reporters across Southeast bring us results from their community's municipal elections. First, here's KCAW's Meredith Reddick reporting returns from Port Alexander, Pelican, and Tenneke Springs. In Pelican, Derek Stewart and Celeste Weller secured three-year terms on city council with 28 and 16 votes, respectively. For school board seat two, Raven Hansen was the winner with 10 votes. For school board seat three, Sarah Stewart led with four votes. In Tenneke Springs, Rudy Zeal and Justin Moody scored the two open city council seats with 36 and 12 votes, respectively. Voters also ratified an ordinance to authorize membership in the Southeast Alaska Solid Waste Authority, or CISWA, by a margin of nearly 10 to 1. Port Alexander elected seven candidates to city council terms. The top vote-getters were, in order, Ryan Martin, Thomas Corso, Laura Pollard, Corey Gifford, Patrick Trishman, Earl Bud Durdle, and Michaela Larson. All of these results are unofficial until they're certified. Yakutat will hold its regular municipal election on October 17, with three two-year assembly seats and two three-year school board seats on the ballot. Cake did not hold an October 3rd election, but will be holding a special election on October 24th. In Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick. This is Shelby Herbert, reporting for KFSK in Petersburg. The community saw a real nail-biter of a municipal election with many contested races, from the library board to the public safety board and all the way up to the borough assembly. Just over a third of the island's population turned out to vote, with 1,250 ballots cast. Petersburg voters overwhelmingly passed ballot Proposition 1, with 872 yes votes and 311 no. This means borough employees are free to serve on the borough assembly, planning commission, hospital board, and the school board. But it would also exclude them from running for any board or commission that directly oversees their work. Voters handed sitting school board vice president Katie Holmland another term with 882 votes. There were 23 write-in ballots for the school board seat, the most of any race. The race for all three open seats on the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board were uncontested. Amber Burrell came in with 951 votes and Greg Kowalski with 946. Both of them took three-year terms. Adam Castor took a one-year term with 813. The three seats on the Harbor Board were also uncontested. Board Chair Bob Martin will keep his seat. He came in with the most votes at 888. Incumbent Scott Roberge got 820, and newcomer Joel Randrup got 861. The final uncontested race was for the local planning commission. All three incumbents kept their seats. Marietta Davis, who came in at 717, Chris Fry at 789, 
and Heather O'Neill with the most votes at 852. For the two open seats on the borough's public safety board, Mark Tosillo swept, taking the most votes at 641. Stanley Yort is projected to take the other seat, coming in narrowly ahead of the other candidates at 409 votes. The runner-ups are Jacob Slavin with 400 votes, Russell Tinas with 324, and Tony Vinson with 388. There are three open seats for the library board. The projected winners are Marilyn Manish Miucci with 507 votes, Lizzie Thompson with 726, and Mary Ellen Anderson with a whopping 840 votes. Joanne Tinas and Tina Bushman fell behind them with 430 and 447 votes, respectively. The race was tight for the three seats on the hospital board, which could determine the fate of the board's new hospital project. Board President Jared Cook with 891 votes and Secretary Marlene Cushing with 798 are both projected to win another three-year term. Newcomer Don Koenigs fell behind them at 441 votes. For the one-year term on the hospital board, Micah Hasbrook pulled ahead with 597. Her opponent for the seat, incumbent Jim Roberts, had 519. The race for the two borough assembly seats was the tightest of all. The projected winners are political newcomers Rick Perkins with 593 votes and Rob Schwartz with 695, the highest tally for any assembly candidate. Perkins is neck and neck with Jay Stanton Greger, who came in just five votes short at 588. Assembly incumbent Jeff Miucci had 540 votes. But it's not quite over yet. Election staff still have to count 24 absentee ballots. There are also four question ballots, and the state of Alaska has to decide whether or not they're valid. The borough will count the remaining ballots and release the official results at the election certification meeting on Monday, October 9th. In Petersburg... I'm Shelby Herbert. In Wrangell for KSDK, I'm Sage Smiley. Wrangell's 2023 municipal election was a muted affair. Four seats on the ballot, only one contested race, and no ballot measures. Voter turnout dropped precipitously, almost two-thirds compared to last year, with 192 ballots cast on election day, or just under 10% of registered voters in the borough. And even with around two dozen early ballots left to be counted, the outcome of the one contested race is set. Wrangell School Board newcomer John DeRyder will gain a three-year term on the board, unseating incumbent school board member Esther Reese. DeRyder has 115 votes, Reese trails with 76. There are not enough untabulated votes for Reese to overtake DeRyder's lead in the race. Reese has served on Wrangell School Board since last year. DeRyder has been a member of the school's secondary advisory committee since 2021 and also serves on the borough's economic development board. Other municipal races were uncontested to begin with. Current Borough Assemblymember Ann Morrison will be re-elected with 159 votes. Newcomer Michael Audison will also gain a three-year term on the Assembly after securing 158 votes. In the Port Commission race, incumbent Port Commissioner Gary Morrison is set to serve another three-year term with 180 votes so far. He ran unopposed. Wrangell's borough election will be certified and official after the Canvas Board and Borough Assembly meet on Thursday. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. That was Sage Smiley in Wrangell, Shelby Herbert in Petersburg, and Meredith Reddick in Sitka.
You can read KCAW's local election coverage, which aired on Wednesday, on our website at kcaw.org. Scammers are targeting Juneau homeowners as they deal with property damage from August's record glacial outburst flood. At least one person in the Marion Drive neighborhood along the Mendenhall River lost more than $50,000 after paying fraudulent bills sent by someone posing as a local contractor. KTOO's Anna Canny has more. Marion Drive resident Dave McKenna didn't fall for the scam, but he said it was convincing at first. McKenna hired a local contractor to rebuild eroded land and armor the riverbank on his property. He received a fake bill for the work, stamped with the contractor's logo and address. Just enough detail for things to be really plausible. So none of it was really raising super red flags. The timing and the amount of money requested closely matched the real work being done on his property. But what ultimately tipped McKenna off was the language of the email. McKenna is a personal friend of the local contractor, and he said the message just didn't sound right. He's always been kind of a man of few words. And uh, when we finally got requests for payment from the imposter, we realized that, you know, that's a really wordy message. McKenna called the contractor, who said he hadn't sent out any invoices yet. After that, McKenna alerted his neighborhood. According to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, these kinds of scams are more common after disasters, as bad actors impersonate contractors, building inspectors, or state and federal agents offering aid. And that's been true after the flood. The Juneau Police Department confirmed to KTOO that it's received several reports of fake invoices that were sent to homeowners dealing with the flood. At least one resident on Marion Drive lost more than $50,000 to the scammers. That person did not want their name published and did not want to be quoted. But they shared emails and receipts with KTOO that show they made three separate payments via wire transfer. One to an out-of-state bank and two to a local Wells Fargo account under the name J&J Ventures. Lieutenant Craig Campbell with the Juneau Police Department confirmed that there is at least one open investigation into flood repair scams. He said that impersonation and phishing scams generally have one thing in common. People want you to make quick decisions, so they have like a sense of urgency on it. And according to the Federal Trade Commission, payment requests via wire transfer can also be a giveaway for scam activity. Lieutenant Campbell declined to share details on the local investigation, but he said people who suspect scam activity should call the Juneau Police Department. In Juneau, I'm Anna Canny. Taking a look at the community calendar. An intermittent electrical outage is scheduled from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Thursday and Friday, October 5th and 6th, on numerous islands in the Sitka community. Electrical crews are physically present on each island throughout the day and will also work on an underwater cable sign and labeling project. Island property owners can email electric at cityofsitka.org or call 907-747-4000 with questions. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.